Welcome to the Daily Bible Podcast, a show intended to help you get more out of your everyday time in the Word. This is a ministry of Compass Bible Church in North Texas, and if you'd like to join along with our daily Bible reading program, you can do so by going to compassntx.org and clicking on the Daily Bible Reading tab. Thanks for joining in for today's episode of the Daily Bible Podcast. Hey, welcome to another episode of the Daily Bible Podcast. Well, happy Monday, everybody. It is, uh, we hope, a happy Monday. Yeah, well, I guess. Yes. Yeah. Can you choose to be happy regardless, though? Ooh, that's a difficult one. Is it? Can you choose to be happy? You cho- yeah, I, 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 you can, right? You can. I think you should. I, well, tell that to the person that's getting out of bed this morning that's got work in front of them all day that they're like, oh, man, it's Monday. I, I mean, I think work's a, a noble and excellent thing that you should rejoice in. Fair. Fair. Even if you're flipping burgers. And yet sometimes it's hard. It's hard It's it hard is. to get out of bed. It is a cursed world, one that God has given us purpose and value in. So take pleasure in the work that you do. You're serving humanity. This is part of human flourishing, your job. Right. And in the end, it's all vanity, like that. Like Solomon would say. It right? could be. It could be if it's not done with the right focus and motivation in mind. Which is what I was driving at, right? Because it's that eternal mindset. It's thinking not about Monday, but about eternity, where... There's no more cases of the Mondays. And right now, our hope is not in Tuesday or Friday or Saturday, but it's in eternity. And right now, we're busy with the work that God's given us to do. That's right. Yep. Hey, so uh, you may be lamenting Monday, and and we're about to read about some lament psalms. So So maybe use these in your prayer time as you lament Mondays. (laughs) Oh, Lord, strike down the wicked who invented Monday. (laughs) Um. Yeah, Psalm 22, 23, and 24, and then uh, first part of Acts chapter 20 as we're getting into our New Testament reading. Uh, Psalm chapter 22, the title, it probably sounds familiar to you if you've read the New Testament and uh, are familiar with Christ on the cross, but the title comes from the Psalm itself, Why Have You Forsaken Me? But then there's the superscription there. It says, to the choir master, according to the doe of the dawn. Pastor Rod, could you, we all know that song, but if you could hum a little bit of that for us, that would be really great. Um, do, 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 do. <laughs> I definitely don't think that was it. <laughs> I, Probably. But. I didn't know if you were going to the death march with that opening note or not. Dun, da, 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 yeah. yeah. But the doe of the dawn, it's most likely some tune that was known at the time. Well known. Yeah. Top 100 of Israel's greatest hits. Easy, easy. Israel's greatest hits, yeah. And it's, again, a psalm of David. But uh, notice right there, 22.1, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? There's the title of the psalm and also the line that probably sounds familiar to you because it was uttered not just by King David, but by King Jesus while he was on the cross. Forsaking. What does it mean, Pastor Rod, for God to have forsaken David and then even more so for Christ to have uttered the same thing? So this is a complicated answer because I think, and and you're going to have to jump into this, Pastor PJ, because there's a lot of uh, different understandings about what's happening on the cross. Uh, We even sing a song, the father turned his face away. How could the triune Godhead have any breakage? between the communion that they'd enjoyed. And that's that's a complicated answer. We don't fully understand the inner workings of how God interacts, especially as it relates to the cross. But what we do know is this, when, when we understand that God has forsaken him, at least what we can say is that God had delivered up Jesus Christ to be crucified, to be condemned as a cr- criminal, to be, um, as scripture says, to, to be considered as sin, to be looked at as though he were the sinner of all sinners. The righteous one is considered the wicked one, the one who bears the full weight 
of the sin, the guilt, the shame of all who would ever trust and believe in him. So at the very minimum, we can say God looks at Jesus in that moment. God the Father looks at Jesus the Son as the one who was guilty and therefore deserving of his righteous wrath. Right. I mean, it's it's conceptually, right? Christ felt and absorbed in three hours on the cross what no one can satisfy even in an eternity in hell right that that full wrath of god and the, the physical act of crucifixion was one thing i mean it's it's one of the most horrific and torturous ways to die to die that humanity's ever created and yet uh, more than that the, the the full weight of the father's displeasure and wrath and anger against sin i think that's the the, the closest word that could come probably to describing what that felt like is the word forsaken. Um, does that mean he turned his face away? I, I, scripture never says that, right? And, and that's a poetic statement. We're not, we don't totally. mean literally. Right, right. It, it, and so it's, but it's it's trying to explain something that, that earthly minds could never wrap their minds Inexplicable, around. Inexplicable, right. essentially. And using a word that tries its best to, to capture what he, what it meant. Language is insufficient. Right. For David, David felt like that from time to time, and that's why he utters the same s- statement here as he's on the run or as he's fleeing from, from Absalom or fleeing from Saul or, or in danger from the Philistines. He, he's, he had these times of lament saying, God, it, it seems like you're not here. And we've run into that in the past. And yet, in Psalm 22, he goes on and he reminds himself that God is holy, verse 3. It, it's a word not just referring to his moral perfection, but his complete otherness. So David here, as he's questioning God, what are you doing in my life is also acknowledging at the same time that God is completely distinct and other than we are. And he is enthroned. Um, He's the one our fathers trusted in. They trusted and he delivered them. And if that's true for them, then David's basically saying, I'm going to continue to trust him as well. Um, He goes on to the petitions in the, as the Psalm goes on in nine through 11 in that petition in verse 11, be not far from me. And that's to balance that opening line. My God, my God, you've forsaken me. It feels like you've abandoned me. And yet the petition is be not far from me for trouble is near and there's no one to help me. Verses 12 and following are interesting because there's so much language there that seems to describe the act of crucifixion, Mm. even though David was not aware that that's what this was going to be applied to as we look at this as a messianic psalm and the depiction of Christ being crucified on the cross. Right. And especially, I think it's, it's the description there in verse 16, where it says, they have pierced my hands and feet. To our knowledge, David never experienced anything where his hands and feet would have been pierced. And so we're left to wonder, what is he talking about? What is he talking about there? You'll notice in, in your Bibles, if you've got an ESV, there's a, a footnote there that says some Hebrew manuscripts in the Septuagint, the Vulgate, which is the Latin translation, Syriac, and most Hebrew manuscripts will include like a lion, they are at my hands and feet. So not pierced. Right. Wow. So it, what it's, do we do with that? It seems like in, in as David was writing this, what he was con- contemplating there is, is it's as though these these enemies are at my hands and feet like a lion. They're tearing at me is the idea there. They're like their teeth are piercing my my joints, my hands and my feet and pulling at me. As as we look forward to the cross in the New Testament, the application of this to Christ, it, it's they've literally pierced his hands and feet with the the, the nails that would would 
affix him to the the cross there. And and so is it for David, did it mean crucifixion? No, for David, David's thinking about the enemies, but the the concept there is the same. It's the enemies that are persecuting him. And it's, it feels like they're the, for David, man, it feels like animals are at me. And for Christ, it it was the crucifixion itself. So two follow-up questions. Number one, if most Hebrew manuscripts say like a lion, they're at my hands and feet. Um, why do we go with a minority reading of they have pierced my hands and feet? Follow-up question to that, uh, does it in any way challenge or undermine our ability to, to really see this as a messianic psalm? What would you encourage us with? Textual criticism is a, a massive... It's a big subject. I know. Massive I said, subject. Here, go ahead and just simply right. answer textual criticism, Pastor PJ. The, the main text that our Hebrew Bibles are based off of in the Old Testament is the Masoretic text. And that's the one that we give the most weight to, the most credence to. There are other Hebrew manuscripts out there. Some of them are newer. Some of them are... Um, our, our variants out there. But it, when we're looking at which translation to embrace, it's not always which one has the most manuscripts that follow this particular translation line. Sometimes it's what's the oldest, most reliable one. And that's the one that we're going to stick there with. There you go. Because when you have these scribes that are copying these manuscripts, if one scribe copied the, orig- the, the manuscript wrong, and then he passed that on to another set of scribes and they continued that strain, well, you may have way more manuscripts with the error than you have with the original reading. That's right. And that's why sometimes we look at not the number of manuscripts, but what's the oldest, most reliable one. And here it seems like the oldest, most reliable one does not include like a lion. And so was that an editor that slipped that in at a later time? Was that, you know, some scribe thinking that he was trying to explain it, trying to explain it. Yeah. To do us a solid and be like, yeah. Oh, he probably didn't mean that. But under the, the, the inspiration of the, the spirit as the, the dual authorship here, as David is writing this, but really the spirit is writing this. Did the spirit intend this to be Jesus? I think yes, beyond a shadow of a doubt. Mm-hmm. And we know that, because Jesus uttered the opening line of this Psalm from the cross himself. And then we also know that because as the, the verses continue, look at verse 18, they divide my garments among them. And for my clothing, they cast lots. The, the description here is so clearly applicable to Christ on the cross. Uh, and, and it's not only that, but then the writer of Hebrews makes this messianic as well. When he's, he quotes uh, down in verse 22, when it says, I will tell of your name to my brothers in the midst of the congregation, I will praise you in Hebrews two, 11 and 12. It says he, who sanctifies and those who are sanctified all have one source. That's why he, Jesus is not ashamed to call them brothers saying, and then he quotes there from Psalm verse 20, chapter 22, verse 22. Really cool. So this is a messianic Psalm. There's no doubt about that. Um, what was David picturing as he was writing all of this and what situation did that apply to in his life? We don't know. We don't know. We don't know. Did it have a specific meaning for David for personally as he was writing this? Yes, it did. Right. But we don't know exactly what that looked like. Maybe in, at some point in eternity, we'll have a chance to, to ask him. Super helpful. Don't forget that that same concept that Pastor Peter just applied doesn't only apply to the Old Testament with the Hebrew, but the New Testament with the Greek. We, we're in a very similar situation. We don't go for only the most manuscripts. We go for the most accurate. Yeah. And that will often mean the oldest. Yeah. Yeah. Well, maybe we should do a separate episode on, on manuscripts at some point because it's fascinating and, and it just gives you so much confidence in the scriptures that we have. It does. You should preach about it. One, one last note in uh, Psalm 22, just the last 
two verses there, just parents, I wanted to encourage you because uh, just read these with me here. It says, posterity shall serve him. It shall be told of the Lord to the coming generation. They shall come and proclaim his righteousness to a people yet unborn that he has done it. Parents, make sure that you are propagating the, the, the faith that you have in Jesus with your children. Make sure that you are teaching them the things of the Lord and, and, and laying a foundation so that when you think about the, the generations yet unborn, think about your grandkids or maybe you already have grandkids. Think about your great grandkids or, or three or four generations down the road. Right. Make sure that you parents are continuing the chain and, and putting them in the way of the scriptures as much as possible as you go along. Amen. Psalm 23. That was okay. To say about Let's that. just go ahead Let's and just go. Let's get to 24. 24. All right, 24. Everybody's like, no, I love this song. Um, yeah, Psalm 23 is great. By the way, there's a, a band out there. Can I recommend a band? The Corner Room. Have you listened to any of their stuff? Uh, I don't think so. Okay. Well, listen to The Corner Room. They're okay. excellent. In fact, they've got a couple songs in there that might be corporate numbers too. Oh, wow. But they've got a whole album on Psalms and they've got one on Psalm 23 and it's it's the words of scripture put to music and they, they're they pretty good with it too. So go, go check out The Corner Room. You can listen to them. Right. And they've got one on Psalm 23. But what a, a great Psalm. I, I, in, we were joking, but in some ways I, I think there is so much familiarity here, but it's so just the tenderness of God that comes through here as the shepherd, as the one who is with us in the the valley of the shadow of death. And and that's encouraging too, because it doesn't say that the, the person that the Lord loves never goes into the valley of the shadow of death, but it says he's always with them in the valley of the shadow of death. And so as, as Christians, you shouldn't expect that you'll never have difficulty or never have, have trials, but you can have confidence that your shepherd is there with you, that he loves you through that, and he's going to bring you through that. Um, and, and it can lead you to say with David, I will fear no evil for you are with me. And then in verse six, surely goodness and mercy shall follow me. That word is, it's gonna, they're going to chase me. They're going to pursue me. Chase me down. Yeah. All the days of my life and, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Psalm 23, so encouraging. There's a reason why it's one of the, the most favorite Psalms of people because it is such an encouraging and comforting Psalm to read through. Psalm 24, uh, the king of glory, the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof is how it opens. What a, a, a great line here. Um, it reminds us again of the, the Psalm we read yesterday in Psalm 19, the, the, the heavens declare the glory of God. But notice verses three or verse three in particular, who shall ascend the hill of the Lord? Who shall stand in his holy place? This is a, in a little ways, a, a callback to Psalm 15, That's right. where we kind of already asked that question, who can ascend the hill? Who's worthy of worshiping God? We talked about it on that podcast. The answer to that question is, is in and of ourselves, no one, but in Christ, we are made worthy so that we can have clean hands and a pure heart and offer worship acceptable to the Lord but just a great psalm of worship and praising God, who's the king of glory, the Lord strong and mighty, the Lord mighty in battle. Uh, it's just uh, one of those songs that is uh, is so encouraging for us to read and praise God and, and look forward, even as David does here in verses 8 through 10, to that messianic hope of the king coming back someday for his bride. Yeah, one verse that tripped me up all the time was that, lift up your heads, O gates. I've always been like, what does that mean? And and really, it's just a personification of the gates, saying, "Open up, yeah, yeah, it's time to stand at attention, gates. Right. Your king is coming. Open wide those doors and receive your king of glory." Right. So right. I love that phrase. There's one of my, one of my favorite songs uh, sings that. Lift up your head, oh ye gates. So super cool. Yep. Yep. Is that of the Doe of the Dawn? No, no. That's uh, <laughs> I don't know what it is actually, but it's not Doe of the Dawn. That much I do know. Hey, we're in Acts chapter 20, uh, verses 1 through 16 for our New Testament reading. And uh, here we have Acts. Uh, here we have Acts. Here, in Acts, you have Acts. The Acts of Paul, the Acts of the Holy Spirit. 
Um, but again, Paul is set towards Rome. Remember, we talked about that yesterday, but it's going to be a long journey to get there. It's going to be a roundabout way to get there. And in, in the meantime, he's going through Macedonia now. Um, he's going, remember, through there along with Timothy and Erastus to get the, the gifts that he ultimately wants to take uh, with him to, to Rome. But we learn here that, that he also wants to get to Jerusalem first to celebrate the, the feast there. And, and then he wants to move on. So there's a lot going on. But uh, one interesting encounter that we get here is Paul in, in Eutychus. Paul's there and he begins preaching, right? And he's he's just going. He's after it. He's preaching too long. <laughs> he's preaching so long and he just keeps going and going and going. And Eutychus, poor guy, falls asleep by the, the window, the open window, and just falls out. Just falls out and just dies. All right. Was it really because he was preaching too long? Who knows, man? Maybe or Eutychus didn't have his bang before he went in to to listen. This today's yeah. podcast sponsored by Bang. No, well, okay. So Luke Luke inserts a, a detail that leads me to believe it wasn't because Paul was boring or preaching too long. He talks about there being lamps. Uh, there were many per se. There were many lamps in the upper room where we were gathered. So Luke was there and he's acknowledging as a physician, there's a lot of lamps up here. And what do lamps do? They suck up a lot of the oxygen in the air. So perhaps Eutychus wasn't just bored stiff because Pastor PJ, I mean, uh, Pastor <laughs> Apostle Paul was preaching for so long. It was just, there wasn't a lot of oxygen and the poor guy was next to a window, falls down, dies. Yeah. Although he does note also that Paul talks still longer. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's why he raised him from the dead. Like, hey, buddy, we're not done yet. I didn't say amen. Get right. back up. Right. Right. Yeah. Man, I, I, have you ever been preaching and had a kid like just tip back in a seat too far and just falls over? I, no, not falls over. I've, I've had one kid who I, who always fell asleep during my sermons yeah. for sure. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I remember you kid, but this one, like flagging Paul down in the middle of point three. Hey, 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 uh, Paul, Eutychus just fell out the window. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, just, what in the world? And it's funny cause his name means good fortune or yeah. good luck. Yeah. That's, that's, uh, that's a stroke of bad luck right there. Yeah, he says, Paul's response, don't be alarmed. His life is still with him. <laughs> and he goes back up, breaks bread, eats, converses with them a little while longer until daybreak. So nobody's getting any sleep tonight. I really appreciated that. The, the whole sense of like, he was just up all night with these people because he loved them. Because he loved them. I mean, he cared about them enough yeah. to be like, you know what? I don't need to sleep tonight because let's just talk. Let's, let's break bread. Let's yeah. celebrate what God has just done in Eutychus's life. I love that. that. That just spoke to me. Right, right, right. There's a book, preaching book called Saving Eutychus that's about how to pre- preach well and not bore people to death. Um after this, you get Paul and the Ephesian elders and, uh, that that's such a, a great section. And that's our, our, our text for tomorrow. But as pastor, I was just talking about the, the, uh, the glimpse into the emotion of Paul and his love for the people. We see that, especially here, uh, in the, the passage that we'll cover tomorrow. That's but, right. I'm chomping at the bit to talk about that. Yeah. Yeah. We are too. We, the Royal, we, are too, <laughs> we are you and pastor PJ and <laughs> yourself. Hey guys, we hope that you uh, have enjoyed this episode of the daily Bible podcast. Yeah. And let that, us know, tell us if we're yeah. doing things right. Help us to do better. We want to get better. Totally. And uh, honestly, I, I know the the outro says it and maybe you guys already turn us off by the time the outro comes in, but if you guys can leave a review on Apple podcast or wherever you if listen, it's good, if, if it's, it's good. not good, then just send us an email. Pastor PJ at bestpastorever.com. <laughs> Don't do that. <clears throat> Self-hosted domain, by the way. Yeah. Yeah. That, <laughs> that email will be returned undeliverable to sender. Um, oh, did you cancel your account? Yeah, I did. Oh, okay. I, did. Yeah, I thought good. it was too arrogant. <laughs> Anyways, no, we, we would really appreciate you guys reviewing it, giving it a like. It helps it get out further. Um, but more than anything else, hey, if you're a part of our church, make sure that you're encouraging your brothers and sisters to listen to this too, because we want this to be a benefit to our church family. That's right. We'll catch you guys tomorrow for another episode of the Daily Bible Podcast. Can't wait.
Hey, thanks for joining us for another episode of the Daily Bible Podcast. We hope and pray this has been a blessing to you and your time in the Word. If it has, if you would subscribe to this podcast, leave a like, leave a comment, and share it with some friends and family, that would be awesome. If you need more information about Compass Bible Church here in North Texas, you can go to compassntx.org. Again, that's compassntx.org. And we'll be back with you tomorrow for another episode of the Daily Bible Podcast. Mm -hmm.